We are live. Welcome to OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would like to now introduce our speaker for tonight, Johanna. Hi, everybody. My name is Johanna. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm bulimic and probably a lot of other things. Hi. So good to see you. It's so good to be in a room with you. This is my first time back in an OA meeting um, since COVID. And this is kind of where it started for me. Um, because this was a speaker meeting and people didn't share. And when I walked into these rooms, the first time was 2002, um, I did not want to share. I did not want to identify as actually having this problem. I wanted to like hear the solution. Don't know my, nobody should know my name and I'm going to get out. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody else. Um, I'm so glad that's not the case. I'm so glad that plan didn't work. Uh, congratulations to all of the birthday people, congratulations to the newcomers. Welcome home, you made it. There's a solution here, the 12 steps work, this program works. This program is so much bigger or stronger than what I thought my terminal uniqueness was going to condemn me to. I thought I was condemned to the struggle forever and that just doesn't feel like the case. You know, like I'm always gonna be a compulsive overeater, but I don't feel that fear. I don't walk on a tightrope every day anymore. I don't fear a phone call coming in and throwing off my day or someone canceling some meeting and like spiraling me into this void of empty time that might lead to some behavior that was going to lead to, you know, me canceling my plans for a week. So, um, welcome. And, um, My, what it was like in 2002 was pretty much what I described. A lot of canceling plans, a lot of hiding, a lot of thinking I had it though. Really like, I, I just needed to hear the right thing and then I was gonna understand what to do and I'd be free and I'd be fine. And I came in and I didn't stick around as planned. Um, so I didn't actually make it back into these rooms until 2010. I needed another eight years of hell. Um, and if you wanna know more about that hell, you can listen to one of my other podcasts. I think I've spoken here twice and I've got into more detail there. Um, but. You know, just being in this room again, after two years of being on Zoom, it feels like coming home and it like brings me to tears to see you guys and to, to be reminded that I'm not alone. It felt so lonely, although I still knew that I wasn't, right? I still had my sponsees, I had my sponsor, I had friends and fellows that I built in, that I'd like come to rely on and, and I had a bunch of phone numbers in my phone. Um, and I made it through the pandemic abstinently and that felt like a miracle. It still does. Every day feels like a miracle. It feels like a miracle that I just had COVID and went to a fam my husband's family reunion where there was like every binge food I've ever coveted <laughs> surrounding me 24 hours a day and people eating it 24 hours a day, like desserts for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like it was madness, you know? And, um, you know, just a miracle that I could sit with that discomfort and sit around that food. And it's not completely off. My food was not perfect that week. I'm just going to say I don't do a 
perfect food plan. I do me and God and my sponsor and honesty and prayer. And like, I, I use the tools. Um, but I got through that week, you know, I got through that week with grace and I had, I had other options, you know, cause of course it's also my husband's family. So other feelings were coming up. I was, I was not comfortable with certain, you know, just, I, it's been 10 years of marriage. I've built up some resentments. Um, <laughs> 10 years of counting things he's done wrong and his family's done wrong. Um, so I walked in with all of that and um, it was just that, like a week ago and I, in preparation for going, I was like talking to my sponsor. I was like, I don't think I wanna go. I don't think I wanna go be around these people. I wasn't even thinking about the food. I was thinking about my resentments. But I was like, ah, I don't know. She's like, where are you right now? I was like, mm, I'm at my house. It's like, okay, so you're not on the East Coast. I was like, mm, no, I'm not. She's like, so you're not around these people. It's like, no, I'm not. It's like, so don't be around them in your mind. Don't, you don't have to go there yet. Just be here today. And I took that with me on this trip. And it feels like a miracle that that, like, I could do that. I went, I went there on this trip and I'd like, get really resentful because someone would eat the thing I had my eye on or would like not wash the dishes or whatever they were doing, right? Like I could find anything to be upset about if I want to. Um, what I got to do instead was go, oh, there I am rehearsing my resentments about them from five years ago or five minutes ago and I'm spinning about the resentment and who's it hurting right now? Oh, I'm the one suffering. They're off playing a board game, like they're fine. Uh, me being pissed off and maybe diving into a box of something that really doesn't belong in my mouth is not going to affect them, right? It's going to affect me. It's going to poison me. It's going to make me suffer. And the tool that really got me present was gratitude, one, and just being present. It's like, oh, and service. Service. Oh my gosh, washing the dishes. I was so great. I was so grateful when people didn't wash the dishes. It's like, oh, thank God they didn't wash the dishes. I can go wash the dishes and I don't have to think about what happened or what might happen or what did happen. You know, like, um, there was this gift of being present. Um, I spent more than 10 years of my adult life not present. I barely remember big chunks of my 20s, big chunks of my 20s, because I was checked out. I was thinking about what I was going to eat or what I ate or what my body looked like or what my body needed to look like next week when I had this thing that I had to, people were going to be looking at me and I had to, like, just so caught up. And what, was, what were people going to think if I showed up looking like, you know, I had at least three different sizes in my closet at all times. Right, I had my big clothes, I had my medium clothes that can kind of get by, and then I had my, I'm gonna get there clothes. Like, these are my test clothes. How good am I really clothes, right? I had those genes of shame. And, and I wasn't gonna give those genes of shame away, ever. Um, I don't remember a lot of that part of my life. I had friends, friends who I'm still friends with now, but they had no idea, some of them still don't know that I went through this phase of like hell and checking out and calling in fat, right? Like if those jeans don't fit, I just guess I can't go. Um, it was, well, never the jeans, but it was some, you know, there was always something else going on. But, you know, just the sense that I ate the wrong stuff, therefore I'm unfit. I can't, I can't show up and be present for somebody else. 
Um, it's amazing to me that now it doesn't occur to me to cancel plans because my food wasn't perfect, right? Like, oh, my food wasn't perfect. So what? Now what? What's the next indicated action? How do I get into life? How can I get into service? How can I, you know, and it just, it doesn't have to matter so much today. It's such a mundane miracle, right? I eat my meals and then I walk away and I go do something else. Um, I don't remember why I started talking about my 20s, but there was, I was going somewhere with that. Uh, so I had, but I, I did, you know, come in here so on my knees 11 years ago because I was suicidal. I was like, I can't figure out what breakfast is gonna be, and if I can't figure out what breakfast is gonna be, the rest of my day is gonna be a tornado, and if the day is a tornado, then I'm gonna be, you know, it's this cycle. And then maybe I'd cling to a few days of abstinence that I felt like I did this, and it's gonna be fine, and I'm done with my eating disorder for all time, it's never gonna happen again. Um, and then there was always that tightrope I mentioned before. But I came in here sure that I was done with the tightrope or that, you know, maybe you guys would teach me how to walk on the tightrope forever and it would be fine. You know, I could just learn how to walk on the tightrope forever. Um, and then my sponsor just told me to not throw up. She's like, just don't throw up one day at a time, no matter what. I was like, mm-hmm, but what about my food? What am I gonna eat? She's like, three meals a day, don't throw up. I was like, mm -mm, no, 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 I don't, I don't understand. How do I do this? She's like, call other people and ask what they ate for breakfast. It's like, what? I can ask people what they ate for breakfast? Does that mean I have to tell people what I ate for breakfast? She's like, yep, you have to tell people what you ate for breakfast too. And that level of like basic honesty, I didn't have that in my life when I walked in. I just didn't. I wanted you to, I wanted to make sure I knew what you were thinking and I was just gonna control it. Like if, if something happened in my life that I didn't want you to know about, I just didn't tell you where I lied about it or I you know, pretended it never happened. Like I, I, I was not, I didn't understand how to be honest. And I think it's a big part of why I don't remember a lot of parts of my 20s where friends will be like, hey, do you remember that time? Like, nope, I don't remember a thing. I don't remember a thing that happened that weekend. Um, and like today, I'm so comfortable with what I ate for breakfast. You know, it's like, it's just boring. It's not my, it's not entertainment. You know, sometimes it's different. Sometimes I go out to eat with friends and I order whatever I want and I'll think about it for a minute and I'll turn, write it down and turn it over and my sponsor's got it and I don't have to think about it again, right? There's always tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I don't have a ton of time. So I'm just gonna say um, those, those early days of figuring out breakfast were so uncomfortable and coming into this room, this very room where I was, I still didn't want to share. And I had to get my boyfriend at the time who I was like, he was sure I was cheating on him because I was so caught up in the food. I was so like fighting with him that I'd run out and he wouldn't see me for hours. And he was like, what is she doing? I was binging, right? Like I was hiding in the food or I was starving. I was like planning the next cleanse or whatever I was going to do to like get my body in control so that I didn't have to think about my life because life was too painful, I couldn't deal with it. So as long as I focused on my body and the food, then I didn't have to think about whatever my real life was, what was going on in my real life, and be present for that. Um, so newcomers and anybody listening here, if I say nothing that you relate to, just know there are so many other stories. Um, but I, I got to come in and, and some of the people who took candles today 
were the first people I heard when I walked into these rooms 12 years ago. Um, and it just saved my life, you know? That gift of desperation. I hope you're desperate, you know? Like, please keep coming back. I just pray for you that you are desperate enough to keep coming back because what I was given was nothing short of a miracle. I was absolutely going to kill myself with food. Well, I'd probably take some more like extreme means. That was my plan. Um, but food was killing me one day at a time. I, don't, I didn't remember my life. I wasn't really present. I was sabotaging my relationships and my work and my happiness every day. Um, and, and then my sponsor was like, oh yeah, you need to get a bunch of commitments and you have to call people and do all the step work, which, you know, in my insanity, even though life wasn't worth living, I was like, I don't think I have time for that. I don't, <laughs> no, mm -mm. And it's so funny now, I'm so grateful for sponsees because I hear my sponsees sometimes, or like a new, some, I'll get a new sponsee and they'll be like, yeah, but I don't think I can do this. I don't, you know, I'm like, it's so interesting to hear that voice because that, I, I still have that voice. I still show up in my life sometimes with that, like, I don't know if I can do that. I, that sounds too, and too inconvenient. That sounds, that sounds like a lot of commitment. Do I really have to commit to this thing? You know, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be given some big project, like a work project or a life thing. I had to go through a lawsuit recently, like sue somebody, and it was so uncomfortable. There were so many feelings, and it was such a big, tedious thing I had to do that I was like, maybe I just walk away from this thing. You know, maybe I just eat the money and go. Um, eat the money, it's funny I used that <laughs> metaphor, right? Um, but what I've learned in here is that I get to show up one day at a time for big things, big hard things. And my sponsor was like, yeah, you just take a commitment and then if you can't do it, you get yourself covered. You call someone. I was like, I have to call someone? Yeah, you have to just call them and ask if they can get, you know, get the commitment. And, and just doing that simple act of showing up one day at a time lifted so much obsession. It shoved a bunch of life where I had nothing but food thoughts and body obsession, right? I couldn't think past the next meal, right? What was, what was the next meal? Or what was the last meal? What did I eat? How many calories were that? How many calories can I have the next one? You know, suddenly I had to think about somebody else. Call them, hey, how are you? What's going on with you? And just listen, you know? Um, and just having that amount of life and that ability to be of service to others has given me the ability to get married in this program, to have a child in this program, to have big career things happen, big career changes happen, to buy property, to go through financial fear around buying property, to like construction stuff, like all these things that are really uncomfortable, especially for me because I wanna keep my body small and I wanna keep my life small. I wanna be able to control it all. And the only way to control it all is if it's really small, right? If I allow my life to get really big, then I can't control it anymore. And that means I have to be vulnerable and I have to depend on a higher power, a power greater than myself, something other than myself. I don't get by on just one higher power. My higher power is everything, therefore it's everywhere, and therefore I can do what, I can lean on as many versions of my higher power as I want to. And I have some very specific ideas about my higher power. Um, my baseline is just good orderly direction. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, if I, if I don't have that sense of spiritual connection, 
what's good orderly direction, next indicated action, take it, move on, right? But then I also, because I've shown up one day at a time and continue to like see the miracle of working the steps, I will say working, uh, yeah, I, I did the tools, I picked up the tools and that like got me through one day at a, one day. And then I like in working the steps, that's where the real miracle came. Where it's like, oh, I don't wanna hurt myself with food anymore. I don't want to get so full that I'm in pain and I am like sweating, but I can't really move. And, and you know, maybe I'm gonna get rid of it. Sometimes I had to sit with it. Um, I don't wanna do that anymore. I say that, thank you so much. Um, and I had that very thought 11 years ago, right about now, 11 years ago, where I was like, so weird, I don't wanna throw up. Why did I ever wanna throw up? That was so weird. And two weeks later, I broke my abstinence. It was my natal birthday, and I was like, I can't, uh, you know, whatever. What I, again, I think I mentioned, I can find anything to be unhappy about, and like anything can, I can find dissatisfaction anywhere I look, and you know, I found, I felt alone. I felt like nobody loves me, nobody threw a party for me. I am gonna, it kind of happened by accident, you know, but I was gonna throw a party for myself, and then I just like kept going. Um, and I say that because I think I was uncomfortable at the time. I just bring up slipping because it can get really appealing to find to decide that like my food wasn't perfect enough. It hadn't been perfect for a little bit. So I think the best thing to do is gonna be wreck my abstinence and start over. And then it can be perfect. Because I want a clean track record, right? I don't want to take a candle for like sort of good abstinence. I want to have like really good abstinence. And um, that did not solve a thing. So if your food is not exactly perfect, Take it from me, it does not solve a thing to break abstinence, to break your bottom line. Um, but I just did exactly what I did the first time. And I called my sponsor and I started working these tools and I did a 30 and 30, 30 meetings in 30 days. And, um, and that was 11 years ago. And so August 9th, if it is in God's will, I'll take a candle, uh, hopefully here, for uh, 11 years. And, um, oh gonna say something that was like gonna be so powerful and amazing and change your lives <laughs> but I forgot what it was so I guess God didn't want me to say that um, I will say uh, two years ago I got diagnosed with um, a medical condition that required a very special food plan and I was like well I mean I'm nine years abstinent I can change my food it's cool I was a little scared um, and then I tried to do it. I could not do it. I was like, oh, day one, nope. Day two, mm -mm, can't do it. Day three, it was extremely restrictive. So in that way, I was like, well, you know, maybe they're just not meant to do this. But medically, I kind of needed to do this thing. And um, I was like, oh, right. I'm a compulsive overeater. I am powerless over my food. I can't do this. I cannot do this medical diet but God can, I think I'll let God. And I just did exactly what I did every time I've gotten abstinent, which was just call my, call my sponsor, go to meetings, pick up every single tool I can and pray like hell that my higher power will grace me with the willingness to pick up the food that's gonna work for me just for that day. And, um, and that was amazing and I was able to 
do that thing for the whole time I needed to do it. And it felt like a miracle. And I was already, like, I'd already been abstinent for a long time. It didn't, I, you know, it just, it was easy. Suddenly it was like, this thing that I absolutely couldn't do was just done for me. And I forget that still, right? I don't have to eat that particular thing anymore. But um, the way it's changed for me in recent years is like, I don't have to exercise the weight off. I don't have to like go work it off. I eat meals that work for my body. I pray about it and like, God, I don't know what I should be eating. I just, I think I do, but like, I need a little guidance here. I need some help. And, and then I eat my meal and I try to eat meals that I'm not gonna think about later, that I'm not gonna be like, oh God, I've gotta work that off. Or how am I gonna eat less the next time? Or do I get to eat more? Cause I ate so little over there. Um, and that's amazing. And today I wear the thin end of my closet, that whole, I had three sizes thing. I don't have three sizes in my closet anymore. I have too many clothes, but I, um, <laughs> in part, cause I was so used to giving, like I'd, I'd get clothes and then I'd have to give them away cause I'd, they'd be too big or too small. And like, if any, you know, and I'd be too ashamed to have them in my closet and they didn't fit anymore. Now my clothes just fit, right? For the last 11 years, I don't worry about what I can fit into. I mean, there are things that look better on some days than they look on other days and that's that, you know? But I don't spend that much time in the mirror anymore. That's a big part of my recovery is not looking in the mirror. Because when I look in the mirror for too long, I start picking and it might be picking at pimples. It might be pinching at some part of some, my body, right? Like, how am I doing today? Am I okay? And the minute I start wondering if I'm okay based on my thighs or some other, whatever my problem, like that doesn't give me any information about whether or not I'm okay. I need to get still. I need to meditate. I need to like do some writing to know if I'm okay. That's where I get the information. Right? How connected am I to my fellows? How in service am I? How loving and present am I for my family? That is how I know if I'm okay. There's no information on the scale for me. I used to weigh myself every day, multiple times a day. I, my sponsor was like, why don't you try once a week? I was like, oh my God. And then she's like, why don't you try once a month? I was like, I don't know if I can. But then every time I got on the scale, if it was up, then I needed to like fix it with a diet, right? Even in program, I was like, I need to fix it. And then of course my food would get weird because I think I needed to do something different. So my food would get really small and then big and then small and then big. And I was like, I'm on that loop. If I just stay off this, if I, and then if I'm small, then I'm like, oh, I get to eat more, right? The thoughts still happen. Mm -hmm. So I just don't get on most, most of the time, God willing, right? If I do, it's not a break of my abstinence. It's just, it's just information, right? Am I looking for how I'm doing based on a number on the scale? Then I'm, I probably need to turn to some action and pick up some tools, right? And, um, and that's such a gift. It's such a miracle of this program. Um, I don't fear, like today, I shared in a meeting earlier today that I'm in halt. I was woken up very early this morning. Um, not interested in getting up that early, but I did get up that early. And um, that used to be my fear. Like if I didn't get enough sleep, I was definitely going to slip. I was definitely going to convulsively eat because I was so uncomfortable physically. And um, I'm grateful for service because I think it helped to know that I had a, to speak later. And I was like, I'm not going to slip because I've got to speak later, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, that's honestly, if that's all that gets me through the day, then great. I should speak more often, you know, or like, or just go be of service. I take commitments because those commitments get me to meetings. Um, 
my program is not as intense as it used to be. I know I used to come in and be like, wow, 10 years in and you're still doing that, huh? Now I'm like, this is my life though. It's so good. I see my friends here. I see my family, right? It's, it's more than just friends. Because I, a friend, at least in the English language, is very vague. Could be anything. Could be somebody I met yesterday. I'm like, they're my friend. I work with them. They're my friend. You know, but the, the people in these rooms are family. Like, there's a depth of trust and love. I can tell you what I ate for breakfast, and you're not going to think I'm crazy. You know? You'll be like, great, okay. Let's, let's, what's tomorrow? Um, I'm so grateful for the connections I have, because I don't walk on that tightrope. It's this big, wide... I don't know, I've thought of it as like a big wide open road, you know, but it's so much more connected and dynamic than that. I've got so many points of contact with other human beings through this program and an understanding of how to do that in my life. Now I know how to show up for work, right, without spinning about the thing on somebody else's desk that might be a treat that they said I could have as much as I want and so I could go when they're not looking and really have as much as I want. Like, that's not a... You know, that's not my food. And if, I, if it starts to feel like my food, I know who to call. I know the 50 to 200 people in my phone on speed dial that I can call. Um, I don't have to be alone with that stuff anymore. And I have this disease that tells me I'm alone every day, right? You're alone, you don't fit in, you're not good enough, you're not doing it right. Even today, right? Like I was in halt and my brain was like, you are unfit to speak. You are not you're too tired, you didn't eat perfectly last week at that family reunion, you just don't have recovery to share this week. You know, you haven't been to a meeting in a couple of weeks, although I did go this morning to try to catch up. Um, and I loved that I had that thought, that you're not fit, you can't do this, because that's what I do in my whole life, right? Oh, you got this opportunity? You're going to screw it up in, in work, in not romance, because I've been with the same person now for 10 years. <laughs> um, but so imperfectly, like super imperfectly, because I'll find him unfit or me unfit for the marriage. You know, I'll find marriage just unfit for me. Um, and that's the thinking that got me suicidal. You know, that's the thinking that got me, oh, I'll just fix this with some corner store binge, I'll sit there and read the newspaper while I eat 15 servings of something and no one's going to notice. I'm invisible. Um, the thinking still exists. I'm still a compulsive overeater. I still don't know how to live without everyone here showing up. So um, I think that's, I, I'll just say that I, you know, I, I don't left my own devices know how to live, but because of the people who just tell me how they do it, I get to live a big, beautiful, full, dynamic life. And if you read the promises in the big book, I can attest they, will, they can all come true. So keep coming back. Thanks for letting me share.